the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. That means you're listening to the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you're listening to the word to stand on for life. And as I opened, this is a very special day because a very special girl is live in studio with me. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, sweetie pie. We've had a good day and we've still got another date. You're taking me to the Spurs game tonight. Yep, I am. Okay. Um, yes, we are. Going to the Spurs game, I saw one of the kids in the hallway was like, Spurs are playing the Warriors tonight, Mama Paula. And I was like, I'm going to the game. He just gave me that wide-eyed look like, what? <laughs> I wish I was you right now. Yeah, so it was cute. But yeah. Uh, t- today, ladies, this is a day that we set aside especially for you, um, not exclusively. Anybody that wants to call with any kind of question, you're more than welcome. But ladies, this is the one day of the week that we give you the opportunity to talk with Paula. If there's anything on your heart or mind, we'd love to have uh, you speak with her. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also send your questions in on our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, Just hit the call now button and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. been a good week on the program. Lots yeah. of phone calls it and is. lots of stuff going on. I yeah. know one phone call in particular kind of <laughs> piqued your interest yesterday. I have, I have a, a little bit of a list here I wanted to talk about. Of course, the joy of Jesus. And then, you know, I still need to talk about the pastor's wives reflection. But yesterday you had a, had a caller and I should have called up and said, okay, what church is that that you go to where it says, what wifey wants, wifey gets? <laughs> Uh, and I am laughing because uh, that is hilarious. I've not I've heard that more than once, but um, I loved your answer, your response. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But boy, I was at home just cracking up. Maybe we'll talk about it now. Okay. So well, before before we do that, let's do it a few minutes later. Anyway. Okay. Um, uh, I know you're getting ready to go take a group of our ladies to Reynosa, Mexico, mm-hmm. to do a women's retreat there, mm-hmm. and it's sort of recreation of what we did here, yeah. uh, our last women's retreat, yeah. with the theme being under construction. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, and then we'll because I know we 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 covet people's prayers for that. Yes, we do, and we will ask for prayers as that date gets closer and closer. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, Calvary Chapel Reynosa in Mexico, it's actually Tamapaulis or something like that. But um, So they've asked the ladies of Calvary Chapel San Antonio if we would host our retreat at their church. 
And I've never done that before where, you know, I've gone and I've spoken and Jocelyn or Lachelle have gone with me and done worship, um, but never have we gone to do the entire thing while the other church just really listens, you know? Um, so this is all, I told all the ladies on Monday night we had a meeting, uh, we're just kind of winging this thing, girls, you know, that we're doing a skit, we're doing the foot washing, um, we're, we're doing the prayer, we're doing the teachings and the worship, everything is just kind of okay, you know. Um, so we do really, really cover your prayers, prayers and the dates are um, November 17 and 18. And, um, you know, there's more than 20 of us that, you know, want to go and serve these ladies and, and bless them. And they're asking, what can we do? What can we take? And some of the ladies here from our body have already made... Um, beautiful journals for them to take and like keychains one of the other ladies last night said well we we get little uh, we get other things at our retreat um i think i should go in and get this i would love to do that so it i love my church (laughs) (laughs) mexico uh the Catholic chapel there's a church that we planted Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of years ago Mm -hmm. and a couple of ladies were up here for that retreat and they they were so more than a couple more so moved by what they saw this can you come and do this at our place so it's going to be interesting and of Mm -hmm. course you've got the border crossing and all the other stuff that that has to be uh, navigated so it's a little bit different than the normal places we go Mm -hmm. Um, and also babe we'll be staying in other people's homes who we don't know they just are opening up their homes and letting a bunch of crazy ladies from Calvary Chapel San Antonio just come and invade their space it's really (laughs) cool I think the youngest um, is 20s and then there's Cuca Perez and I think what she just turned 90 right Mm -hmm. yeah so we got a we got a really good group I bet I know what you're having for dinner and breakfast and lunch too. Mexican. You know it, baby. <laughs> and I'm good with that. Oh my goodness, I can't wait for the street tacos. Well, we we would appreciate your prayers for them as they prepare uh, to go down and do that. Uh, one of the neat things about planting churches as um, these churches grow and God begins to use them, uh, it's really neat to be able to look back and say, I remember when you started, and mm-hmm. we're so proud of what the what the Lord is doing through you. So that's coming up in November. One Another thing, can I mention, Paul? That just is, we're people. in November today. I know. No, <laughs> yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So today's November second. Yeah. So uh, anyway, one other thing, just for prayer, I'd ask prayer for uh, Pastor Lane and Jocelyn Makasadia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jocelyn, we talked about her a lot. She did the concert at Joy of Jesus uh, last weekend. Uh, but they're going to uh, San Francisco. Uh, Jocelyn has been asked to be on a, a panel where she's going to be asking questions about uh, about um, uh, or answering questions mm-hmm. about uh, her career as a recording artist. But also an opportunity is going to be provided for her to share what Jesus has done mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and how much more fulfilling it mm-hmm. is to sing for Jesus instead of just singing for money or to sell records. Yeah. So uh, keep Pastor Lane and Joss. They're in the air right now on the way over to uh, to San Francisco. Pretty exciting stuff. The Lord must be coming back soon because he sure has uh, kind of ramped up um, our opportunities to go different places and speak of him. Yep. Yeah. But now cool. it's your show. You can do anything you want with it. Okay. So we just finished having joy of Jesus and um, man, was that an amazing thing? And I was telling someone that I hadn't really signed up, you know, for in the, in the ministry book of, I don't know, 35 or more ministries. I didn't put my name on anything cause I'm like a rover. <laughs> I just like rove the whole park. It's like, hey, how you doing? Let me pray for you. What are you? What you up to? You kind of a thing, and so. But I did get to dance. We the uh, vacation Calvary Kids Bible School dancers. They always say Calvary Kids, you know. Well, I think I was the oldest one in that group. Sixty-five year old kid. She didn't have good sense, but we we were able to dance and kick the whole thing off, you know. And it was so much fun. And I didn't twist an ankle or pull a muscle or anything. So. You know, God willing, I'll, I'll be able to do it again next year. But, um, you know, for months, um, as we've been praying, asking the Lord for boldness and um, that our heart would break when over the things that his heart breaks for, um, 
it, it, it happened. You know, there were so many um, opportunities to to look into people's eyes as you hear their stories, and you know, not that you, not that I was interrupting some, but you know, some would just go off on these kind of pity party tangents, and you know, um, you just take a hold of them and say, "But baby." Jesus didn't plan it this way, and you don't have to stay this way. And and some listened, and some they just want to stay in their, you know, in that circle of or cycle of bad break. You don't understand kind of stuff, and not understanding. But you know, the reason why there's so much love here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio is we do understand, um, and and many of us have been, you know, where they were. Maybe not to the extent, maybe, but in some cases we were um, but the boldness to say but Jesus and not be so afraid to speak um, to people who were pretty vulgar in some instances you know I was saying that this one young woman um, she she had a mouth and uh, I just took a hold of her and said you would not talk like that if only you knew how valuable you were. And then, you know, I heard the words coming out of my mouth, but in my head, I was thinking, she going to punch me in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't, you know, and the Lord just gave a boldness, but also at the same time, uh, a broken heart, because how many are how many are out there, not just because they're on drugs and alcohol, how many are there, maybe they went to drugs and alcohol just maybe to uh, deaden the pain or to survive but how many are out there just because things got really hard in their life and they don't feel like they have a choice you know they've gone to drugs alcohol and in some cases even prostitution to get by to get over and you know all I could think of was never for the grace of God go any of us you know um, and so yeah walking around roving, you know, I'm a rover, walking around the park in all the areas, and I don't think I got to every one, because I never did get to the medical clinic or where the massages were, and I had every intention of getting in that massage line, but I didn't get over there, and I didn't get to the eyeglass um, ministry, but in, in the ones that I did get to, what a blessing, people standing in line for clothes, you know, and it was very organized, the the line. But because when they find out that, you know, I'm Pastor Ron's wife, they think I could get the hookup for him, you know. So I had, <laughs> I had several people say, you see that bag over there? Can you, might get that for me? I said, well, I probably, they probably would let me, but I don't think that would be very, <laughs> very nice. Or And so let's just, I'll wait in line with you, and we just hope, and let's pray you get that. You know, and so it was, it was. I had a really good time. And then to see um, Pastor Nelly and Michelle, his wife, and then Jocelyn, you know, that was the new thing this year. Um, up on the stage, anyway, we've had uh, Pastor Nelly and Michelle, you know, do the rapping before, but never having had Jocelyn sing some of her old songs, and, you know, they're elevated this year. That was amazing. Um, our poor little church, to be able to you know, just invade that whole park, and it was so organized. You see all the tents and shaded areas, and oh my goodness, the lines of, of people for the food, and the kids, yeah, amazing. And then our transportation to the park, to the uh, parking lot, just wow. Yeah, this was the first year, Paula, that the lines never diminished through the whole time. There were so many people there that the lines never diminished. Mm -hmm. In some cases, the lines for food or clothing were three, 400 yards long, yeah. wrapping around different areas in the yeah. park, yeah. just people waiting to get through. Yeah. Uh, there was a funny story. One of our people went over to, to Whataburger or Burger King or one of those places oh, yeah. in, in, the, in, the, in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. and, and while they were sitting down there just having a quick bite to eat mm -hmm. before they went back, some uh, uh, one of the homeless guys just runs into the restaurant <laughs> and he goes, 
Quick, everybody, you got to go to Travis Park. They're giving away food. They're giving away clothing. They're giving away everything. Yeah, you got to go. And then yeah. just that quickly, he ran out again. <laughs> so bikes, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was just uh, j- just a neat time. You know, the other thing you and I got to do, Paula, is uh, we got to meet some of the people from the radio mm-hmm, listening audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's always fun when when they look at our faces. And <laughs> they always look disappointed when they look at my face. No, they did <laughs> but, not either. But, uh, it, One lady said, to me, she says, I thought you would be, by your voice, I thought you'd be chubby. <laughs> <laughs> she says, you're not chubby. I was like, praise the Lord. Thank you, lady. But yeah. yeah and she and her husband were so nice. Very it nice. Was, it was, they I took, think that was, should I say their names? I remember, I think it was Georgia and Anita. Uh-huh. Her name was definitely Anita. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and it was just really nice to meet them. They were mm-hmm. so kind and mm-hmm. took time out of their day to come visit. But we, we had people come through the park all day long. Mm-hmm. So it was just really, really good thing. Yeah, it was. I asked you before, what was your favorite thing about Joy of Jesus? What what now after this one? Um, just the, I don't know. There was so, so much. But I think just seeing... So many of us, especially, okay, here's one thing. Because the worship teams, none of us sang this year. So we're like, okay, what do we do now that we're not in front of a microphone to sing to the people, you know? It means we get to go and talk to the people, sit down with the people, hug the people, pray for the people. Uh, there was a man named Walter who got a bike, and I was like, that's a really nice bike. So I was able to pray for him. He was so grateful. Uh, just pray safety for him, you know, because not everybody got a bike, and so the few who did get bikes, few, there's like 40, 50 bikes, um, they're, they're, you know, kind of objects of a little maybe envy. And so I was praying for his safety and how he would appreciate it. But just seeing so many praying for people. I saw shy people walking around that park looking for opportunities to minister the love of Christ to others. I, I was blown away. Just simply blown away. And the numbers of people, crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. 340-9585. Again, ladies, this is a day that's especially set aside for you. If you have any questions for Paula or if she can offer any type of encouragement, 340-9585 or outside the local area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-5757. Okay. Um, I do want to share from the pastor's wives reflection that we have because it was just a, an amazing uh, time the pastor's wives uh, conference that we had and this the last time we were together um, uh, pastor ken's wife may shared first and she was talking about um you know our theme was what the cross means to me and for her it means life uh, be the world's view of life is simply to exist it's a dead life you know you just get up there's no real purpose in life that's why so many do go to drugs and alcohol sex and you know what entertainment of all kinds but she says as a christian um we're alive we get to live the life that god has for us and there in that life there's meaning and purpose and she went um through romans 6 4 through 11 talking about baptism is um signifies the dying to the old self and we get to live this new life you know, there's most days, because I'm still a sinner, and we're all, even as Christians, we still sin, but most nights I can go to bed with absolutely no guilt on my conscience, and even if I have messed up, I know I can go to the Lord and say, please forgive me. You know I didn't mean to. Um, and he is faithful, First John 1, 9, if I confess he's faithful to forgive me. What a much better life that is than the one before Christ where, you know, you just, well, I did it, but they made me do it kind of a thing, and they deserve my anger, my unforgiveness, my bitterness. No, no, no. In Christ, we're alive, and we can discard all of that garbage baggage. So we get to um, live for him, and then we have the ability of a sin-free life, not sinless, but we have the ability to live a sin-free life. Um, in our darkness, she was saying, our dark- darkness becomes darker in the light of Christ. And so um, when we're tempted, we don't really have to give in. But there's times when we just do. 
First Corinthians ten thirteen ought to be tattooed on everybody's mm-hmm. brain and forth. Paul, let's take a break here and go to a caller. Chris on line one for New Brunfels. Chris, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi guys, thanks for taking my call. And I admit I'm the I'm the guy who called in about the uh, give wife yeah. whatever she asked for. <laughs> uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I, when I asked that, I was thinking, I wonder if Pastor Ron's wife is listening to this. <laughs> oh, you uh, know I was, Chris. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, the, my question today is kind of a, a follow-on to that. Um, you know, a lot of the, the guys that have told me that they, you know, what wife wants, we try to give it to her just mainly just to keep peace in the house. And so it leads to a lot of materialist, materialism in the families. And, and just simply because I guess the guys are maybe too afraid to, to say anything or don't know what to say or just want, don't want to cause a fuss. But one of the things I wanted to, to ask is that, you know, me, myself, I, my family is under, uh, you know, really severe financial strains, and we've had to rely on charities and and and, and the generosity of, of, of believers sometimes to help us with food and with you know help pay bills and so forth. And and I was told that someplace in the Bible it says that those that can't provide for their families are worse than a non-believer. And so I just wanted to see if you could two-part, maybe just to make me feel a little better, and also maybe if you could explain that a little bit better from my understandings to see if really if that's the judgment upon me because I can't do that, or is it a little more in-depth, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure it probably is. And, and I'll listen off air. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Paul, why don't you go first? On which part, babe? Just whatever. Okay, on the the wifey, what wifey wants, wifey gets thing. I, you are you are right. Um, uh, that will that breeds um, an entitlement. Um, you know, um, in the New Living Translations for for wives, it says, "You wives must accept the authority of your husbands." Um, but just to keep the peace. That's like having your kids rule the house where, you know, they're unruly, disrespectful, um, really no good for society. Uh, and so, you know, yesterday when Ron was answering that question, um, not to step up and, and take the designated role in your home. Um, we had one of the ladies on Monday night because I taught from First Peter 3, 1 through 7, uh, Chris. Uh, talking about submission, wives to their husbands. And we had one of the ladies afterwards, and everybody knows this truth. Um, She said, as a little girl growing up in her family, her mom was very overbearing and uh, just demanding, and her dad was very passive. And it just hurt her heart so much. It has affected her even to this day. Um, And she's in her 40s now. Um, because we all know there is an order. We all know what's right. And if a man won't stand up, um, somebody has to. And and the woman is way ready to be in control. Uh, in uh, Genesis, it says about the woman, and you will um, want to rule. It it. it, it isn't worded like that, but that's what it means. You will want to rule over your husband, but he is to rule over you. And so uh, in that New Living Translation, as I was saying, it says you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, but husbands, you need to step up and and be the man. Um, and don't give up. If your wife just says, this is what we're going to do, you have to say, if it's, you have to say no. Um, and, and, you know, be ready. Your kids, your your boys are learning how to be men, and your daughters are learning how to be women. And if the roles are all messed up, so will they. So. And you know, uh, I've I've often said that that if you've got boys in your house, and Chris, this is for you or anybody else. If you've got boys in your house, uh, they're learning uh, what kind of a wife to pick, and and how to be a godly husband by watching you, or how not to be if the example is a bad one. Uh, and and if you've got daughters, and this is really important for the dads, if you've got daughters at home, um, they're going to end up wanting somebody like their dad. 
-hmm. And so you've got to make sure that you're, you're rightly representing the Lord, not only being loving and kind, but also being uh, in control, um, self-control, but also in control of your home. Uh, I know that's not a popular theory these days, but um, the Bible says if a man can't control his own home, how is he expected to control the, the church of God mm -hmm. uh, relative to those who are called to be a pastor? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think this, this male headship thing, it, it's from Genesis um, all the way through Revelation. It's very important to God. It's an example for us to follow. Uh, and and it, it needs to be important to those of us who are Christians, regardless of how countercultural mm -hmm. that might sound. Um, Chris, with regard to uh, uh, a, a man that won't provide, you know, uh, God hasn't called everybody to be wealthy. Um, God has called people to uh, to follow him, and he has different callings for all of us. I've got an entire staff of people, teachers and pastors. Uh, who work for way, 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 way less than they could make out in the, in the marketplace because they understand that this is a call of God. They, they've, they've been through really lean financial times where, um, um, you know, the enemy would have an opening. Uh, in my own life, uh, very, very long ago at the beginning, I knew I wasn't supposed to work ever again for anybody but the Lord. Uh, and Paula also knew um, we were in agreement. Um, but um, you have those doubts. I'll, I'll have more on this on the other side of the break, and we'll go ahead and use this opportunity to, to yeah. talk about the, the whole issue. Hey, you're listening to the Day Day Edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh, joined in the studio by my beautiful wife, Paula. 340-9585, 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of the date day edition of the program i know you just heard it but let me say it one more time 340-9585 for your live calls and questions ladies paula is here and just looking at her she looks so ready like you could ask her anything Oh, I thought you said you were saying I'm so ready for the Spurs game because oh, I no. got my my pink Mono Ginobili shirt on. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, let me finish up. Um, I, I ran too long into the break, so I didn't give you a good answer. Uh, First Timothy chapter five, uh, verse eight is the passage that you're referring to. Um, it says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever or worse than an infidel. Uh, the King James translate that. Now, that's in a passage. Um, uh, the context is a passage describing the care the church should have for widows. He's talking about there's a list of widows, those who have no family, the church, the responsibility is to take care of them. And I, 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 we, we do that here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Every church should. Um, but if there's a family available, then what that person needs to do is depend on their family, not, not for handouts, but to be able to depend. So it's, it's taking the verse out of context to, to, because you have financial uh, difficulties. Um, you're being asked to be stretched. Uh, it doesn't mean that this verse applies to you. Now, it is true that it is a man's responsibility to work and provide for his family. Uh, but that's not what this verse is talking about. So a man who's able to work, um, he's got to work, he's got to take care of his family. We're not talking about an amount of money, but, but it's his responsibility to provide for the family. Um, if he has to work one job or two jobs, it doesn't matter. It's his responsibility to provide for the family. On the other hand, there are some of us that God asks to sacrifice the things that we would desire. So here's what we do in a case like this. And we're going to talk, I'm going to have Paul talking a little bit more about the comment that you made yesterday, Chris. But, you know, we, we as husbands and wives in the Lord, we go to our, our Lord for, for desires of our heart. When we want things, we ask him. And it's okay to do that with thanksgiving or with a grateful heart. Paul says to make our requests known to God. 
But we also need to take our needs before him. So when a husband and a wife together is asked to live sacrificially in terms of finances, and again, I want to emphasize that there are people that God asks to do that. God doesn't want us all to be rich. He doesn't want us to have everything our heart desires. He doesn't want us to be envious or jealous of the people who have things that we don't have. He wants us to learn the secret of being content in every circumstance. So what we do as a husband and wife, and and as your kids grow, bring them into the prayer circle. And lift your needs before the Lord. Ask Him for directions and instructions. But just because you don't make enough money or uh, to, to buy the things that you'd like to have, um, it doesn't mean that you're uh, acting as an unbeliever. And anybody that would use that verse in that context, um, Chris, is, um, is, is being mean, uh, unloving, certainly unkind. Uh, so it's not a matter of, of uh, just don't pay attention to people. That's condemnation. The enemy is going to use whoever he can, whenever he can. Just be sure that you're walking the will of God. If you can work, uh, then you have to. Uh, I've had people in our church come and say, Pastor Ron, there's no jobs in my field. I said, well, how about going to another field? There's a a fast food restaurant in every corner. There's always, everywhere we go, there's help wanted signs. And I've had people actually say to me, well, that's beneath me. Well, you're not working at all now. How could that be beneath you? That's a step up. There's no dishonor in hard work. Working is an honorable thing. And men need to work. It's part of our makeup. It's what we're designed by God to do. Now, if you're working, if you're providing for your family the spiritual direction, you are providing the important things for your family. So, Chris, do what you're convinced God wants you to do. Uh, One final thought, and then I'll turn it over to, to Paula. You know, whenever somebody comes to me and they say, I'm called to a life of ministry, uh, I do two things. The first thing I do is try to talk them out of it. If I can talk them out of it, I know that it wasn't God that called them to it. I let them know how difficult it's going to be. I let them know there's going to be financial sacrifices. And I want them to count the cost before going on. But the minute I'm convinced that that's what they really believe God told them to do, my next step is to ask them, how can I help? See, the man or the woman whose eyes are not on the money, the things of this world, but instead on following Jesus is truly, truly the wealthiest man or woman alive. And I know that, Paula, because personally that describes our life for a lot of years. Um, We used to be wealthy. Uh, I worked hard, didn't know my family. Um, the, The more money I got, the more miserable I became. Um, not only miserable inwardly, but miserable to those around me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 fits, huh? Um, uh, and now we live a life without much, um, but at the same time, it's a, it's a life we both feel like the richest people mm-hmm. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Talk about this issue with women, because we talked about it. Um, you, you were making notes with Chris's call yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about this issue from a, a woman's perspective about spiritual leadership in the home. Yeah. Um, personally, I appreciate um, not being able to change your mind. Um, and I was talking about, you know, if a, a husband, um, you know, making it easier for the woman to um, uh, submit to him by saying, husbands, uh, you know, Know where you're going. You know, know the plan that God has for you. Um, like when when uh, the Lord told Abram to leave his country, leave his family, and go to a land I will show you. You know, he just he just had to convince Sarah whether she followed him or not. He had to go. Um, and so I really appreciate a man who knows the Lord and can't be moved from that calling, understanding <clears throat> that if you're faithful, God will take care of your wife, which is exactly what happened with us there, too, because when the Lord told you to go to San Antonio, I was not capital N-O-T in agreement. And yet you said, 
pray. You didn't try to force it, but you just said pray, which was the very best thing you could have said. We we won't be going until we're in um, unity, but we were going. It was just a matter of time for the unity to come. You know, not that you were, you just were so confident in the Lord that this is what he had said, um, that I knew it was true, even though I didn't want to. I didn't want to know it was true, you know, kind of a thing. But that that you stood firm in that is the very best thing that has ever happened to me. And um, knowing that you pray, seeing you read the word, uh, seeing you live it out without compromise um, really sets the example. And so um, that's what I would say to every man, to know the Lord, he can tell you, and he will also strengthen you. That's yeah. Let, let me make, let me clarify one thing. To, to know where you're going doesn't mean you know what God's long-term plan is. It just means know where you're going every day. Mm-hmm. Be consistent every day. Serve Jesus when you get up today. Serve Jesus when you get up tomorrow. And, and make it clear that your family knows that you're following God. Mm-hmm. The truth is, Paula, that most of us don't have any idea of where we're going. And so we're out there floundering around, uh, and, and because circumstances make it difficult, we think, oh, I must have been wrong, so I'm going to change directions. And, and uh, the man who has no direction certainly isn't going to have anybody following him. Mm-mm. And uh, I, I watch pastors who change doctrines and change the way their church functions and all these things, and I think, who would follow somebody who doesn't know where he's going? Yeah. And um, it's 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 just really important that your wives can see, men, your wives can see that you're someone who is determined no matter what to follow Jesus, and then they will get on board. Then the Spirit of God will bring them up to that place where they can follow you as well. But the man who lets his wife lead is in charge of a freak show. Mm-hmm. Now, there are different personality types, for sure, but... The man is the one who's held accountable by God to be the head of the house. Mm -hmm. And when a woman usurps that authority, then um, it's a house that's out of control. And I've seen um, a a whole bunch of pastors whose wives were always stirring the pot, who were causing difficulties instead of walking together Mm -hmm. uh, with the other pastors. women specifically mm-hmm. in the church mm-hmm. there was always division mm-hmm. uh th- this 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 thought that well i got to do whatever keeps my wife happy mm-hmm. just to keep the peace and that's what chris said on this call yeah yeah um and that can happen if the wife is working and making more money than the yeah, husband yeah. um you know uh she might be the boss of a place where he's just an employee of a place um and so those roles of it's money you know, or title, but that's not how it's supposed to work. In the church and in the home, it's the man, no matter how much money or position she may have, uh, you still are going to be held accountable, men, to um, be the leader in your home. Yeah, and I have to say this because I don't like to to keep beating the drum, but it doesn't mean that men are the boss. Jesus is the boss. Mm -hmm. It's the man's responsibility to take his wife's hand and follow Jesus together. Yeah. And if she won't go, we, we learn this with Moses mm-hmm. in Exodus chapter 4, mm-hmm. uh, his wife left him because she was in agreement. Moses, how can I send you to Pharaoh if if your wife won't follow you where you're going? Mm-hmm. So your house isn't in order. And, and Jesus was going to kill Moses. Yeah. Um, Moses followed God. Jethro brought his daughter back Mm -hmm. and the family was reunited. That's the way God wants it to be. So men, for all of you, what you need to do is follow Jesus every day. Um, Make sure that your wife knows that there's going to be a time um, most every day, it doesn't have to be every single day, but most every day when uh, you're going to be sitting down with your Bible open and she's invited to come and you can read together. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure your children know there's a time dad's going to be there and you expect them to be there. And if mom's not supportive of it, then you've got to get with mom and say, this isn't the way our house is going to be run. Mm-hmm. I'm going to raise my children up according to what the word of God says. Um, and then if they, if your wife refuses, she's a grown up. You can't make her do the things that, that she should do. God doesn't even force them to do mm-hmm. it. But she's got to see your consistency in doing it. 
um, she's got to see that you're the head of this house and and finally the spirit of God will work on her heart if she's a believer will work on her heart and get to that place where uh, the two can walk together and the only way two can walk together is to agree to follow Jesus in the process yes that's right and if she's not a believer it's even more important that you live that life pleasing God as a believer um, and I guess yeah Chris said he goes to a church where whatever wife he wants wife he gets so um Evidently, you're a Christian. I don't know how old in the Lord, but it's time to stand up, grow up, and be that man that you really want to be. You know, when when circumstances seem to be pushing in, and and there's all kinds of pressure, it's easy to take the 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 the, the safe way out. Yeah. Um, and you understand that part of when a man's not able to work and provide all that he wants for his family, how um, that can cause like a little bit of depression maybe or uh, shame, uh, guilt, all those things, uh, doubt that, you know, God's really moving in their family. Um, but that's when you have to really press in that just be with Jesus even more. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, uh, when, when, even when you're not not... When you don't have the things you want, Jesus will be enough. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a hard thing to explain to people. Say, well, how could it be enough when we are having trouble paying our bills? Jesus will be enough. Yes, yes. And all we're responsible to do is the best we can with what we have, rather than worry about what we don't have and how much better we'd be doing if we had those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just one of those things. The husband and wife have to be in these things together. And so you sit down with the Bible open. Let the Lord speak to you as a married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, just as important to do that as it is to let the Lord speak to you as an individual. Um, and and you and your wife will together be able to, to walk. Mm-hmm. And again, we're here surrounded here at Calvary Chapel um, by a huge number of people who really get that. And their lives are full and rich. Mm-hmm. Not easy. Not easy. I love <laughs> it, though. But I remember us being so poor, so poor. And the Lord said, can you do, you'll be able to do a lot more with less than with all that you had. Because we were really, I personally, I was counting on, you know, I didn't even, when he asked me that question about, you know, he's going to have to take everything from you. So that means you're going to be poor. So that meant I was going to be poor. I kind of stopped praying for you for a while there. (laughs) But the Lord said, no, 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 no. You'll be rich beyond measure because you will have a godly man and I will take care of you. But we think we have to take care of ourselves, you know. And, you know, uh, we we had to count on our church that I had been going to for a a very long time uh, for them to help us out with, um, I think it was electric bill or something like that, just one time. Um, And the Lord said, see, I can't take care of you. But that's not how I'm going to take care of you by running to the church all the time. No, I'll, I'll take care of you. But he, he had to teach us how to live with less and appreciate it all the more, if that makes sense. And, you know, it's not normal. Um, it's not a normal calling when, when you're living with, with, <laughs> with very, very little. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the way of the world is to work and earn a living and support your family Um, but there are some people that God asks to make exceptional sacrifices and every step of your walk with Jesus is preparation for those times Mm -hmm. and uh, you know when we first got here it was one of those times (laughs) we we didn't eat yeah Um, I was working though remember that little bit he he had me working with but we knew you weren't supposed to and so well, I was working. I was a pastor of a tiny little church. Yeah. But that wasn't the point. The point was I can make money out in the world. But he, mm-hmm. he wanted me to learn to trust him. And he wanted me to learn to trust him yeah. through that as well. And it was it was exciting. It was an adventure. You know, Paul, I'll never forget <laughs> the day that um, I, I used to, when I told this story, I used to tell people, you know, it's amazing how early you get up when you don't have any food to eat. Oh, I know. Just You get up really early hungry. and think, oh, i got the whole day ahead of me. We don't have any food. And I mean, we ran out of pennies. We ran out of saltine, saltine crackers. crackers yeah. And, yeah. and there just wasn't anything to eat. It was just those those early days of refining. It was our own desert of ziff. And that was back in those days, too. The Lord had already said, you cannot let your needs be known. So yep. we couldn't let other people know that we didn't have anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I remember walking across yeah. across from the apartment uh, complex where we lived. There was an HEB that's a, one of the old school HEBs that's gone now. But mm -hmm. but I was just walking across and just crying out, Lord, we don't have any food. What are we going to do today? And uh, Lord, I could go work. And 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 he kind of shut me down. <laughs> um, he actually told me if if, if you, you if, ask one if more time, ask one more time about going to work, it's going to be sin. Uh, it, that'll be crossing over into sin. Mm -hmm. Says, okay, I'm not going to do it, Lord, but we're so hungry. And a ten dollar bill actually blew up in the wind right at my feet mm -hmm. and just stopped right at my feet. <laughs> you thought I hit the lottery. Oh, I know. When you came home, I thought, you, Pastor Ron, even though you don't even have a big church or anything, like, what, two or three people? Um, you said... Mid six. Oh, six, my fault. You said, Paula, $10 blew up my feet. I said, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, said, you said, shut up. <laughs> and we went over together yeah. and we bought a loaf of bread we bought a packet of bologna. We bought some of that really uh, uh, dry soup, <laughs> oh, Lipton soup or something. And and we, we thought we were like eating like kings and queens. Yeah, but you know, I was so proud of you that day because you did go to the manager and say, this $10 blue in the parking lot, if anybody said they lost $10, here it is. And they said, they said nobody did. It was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but Chris, all all of those things were tests, mm -hmm. and God's faithful to keep bringing tests. <laughs> My Bible study last night. Boy, is God faithful to keep bringing yeah. tests. But He prepares you to overcome everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is fun. Kind of reminiscing, huh? <laughs> it wasn't fun we were going through it, Chris, so I'm not laughing at you, but I'm laughing that we were pitiful. this too shall pass. No, Paul and I came from California. Most of you know that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, back then, when you picked up cans for oh. recycling, <laughs> um, you know, you, you, could, you could pick up a bag full of cans and get 10, 12 bucks for it. Yeah. And so Paul and I, one day, we decided we're, there's an old field that one of the, after one of those cold fronts came in and wind blew everything. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just pick up some cans. We'll take them. There's a recycling um, uh, in machine that same in that same parking lot. Parking lot, lot of HB, so that's right. we'll we'll go over there and and we'll just and we had this huge huge bag of cans. We thought, hey, ten twelve bucks, it's going to be great. We can eat tonight, and we put it in there, and thirty eight cents came out. Thirty eight cents. We, and you just had to laugh. Cause we had two choices: laugh or cry. Uh -huh. And we just sat there and we laughed at each other uh, for ten minutes, mm -hmm. and and just thought, well, we can't get anything with thirty eight cents. I remember on Sundays after you know we'd have church again. There was very very small number yeah. of people, six yeah. seven people. Um, we had this old cardboard box mm -hmm. that we put a you put old CD player, yeah, you know, yeah. CD a cassette. cassette player thing, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, I decorated it. You I decorated put some it. We put an opening uh, in the box, it. an offering box. Offer it and go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we we had no, um, uh, you know, we didn't ask for people for money ever. God made that very clear. And. We would leave church. We everybody would finally go, mm -hmm. and 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 it was all we could do like to look each other. Box. Say, Can we eat let's today? See, let's see if there's any. <laughs> they built a taco cabana right by our apartment. Oh. We thought, is there enough money for a couple tacos? <laughs> if, can we eat anything? Is there enough money for a couple tacos? <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't trade those experiences no. for anything in the world, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. God came through. He sure did. You remember the day when, um, uh, right after we'd moved to our house. Um, somebody knocked on our door, and it was a radio listener. We didn't have, of course, a live show back then, but we our radio ministry was on the, on the radio, teaching ministry. The phone rang. The I got the phone, and the, the doorbell rang. And the door rang, rang at the same mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And I went to the door, and there was this guy said, Are you the guy on the radio? And I said, Yeah. And I don't know how he knew me, knew where, where we lived. lived. But are you the guy on the radio? And, and, and I said, Yeah. And he starts stuffing $100 bills in my hand. Yeah. And he stuffs, I didn't count them or anything, but he stuffed a bunch. And then he ran back out to his car, stopped, and came right back, and put three more $100. Mm -hmm. It was $1,100 mm -hmm. bills. I remember that. In, in my hand. Oh, it was yeah. just, there were times when God showed off for us. And we have to learn those times. We have to learn to value those times. Um, because the trials that lay ahead, God's preparing us for, if we'll just let him do it. Mm -hmm. We've been through some stuff, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
remember the day? We're only, we've only got three minutes, okay. so there's no point in going anywhere else. But you, you remember the day when you were trying to encourage me? Which one? Well, <laughs> I'm trying to encourage you a lot. Yeah, but, 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 I, mean, I read it, all 150 songs in like one day. It looked, right, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, looked, it looked like we were going to have to leave our apartment and, and we couldn't pay for things. You weren't getting paid for the work that you were doing at the oh, apartment. Oh, no, company. working hard. So it was just a, Lord, just a weird, no weird set of circumstances. <laughs> um, but... Oh. It just it finally got real. We thought, well, you know, we, we don't want to be a bad witness, so we're going to have mm -hmm. to tell the, the manager who wants payment, uh, even though she knows that the company owes you. Yeah. Um, well, we're just going to have to, we'll be homeless if that's, we've been homeless before, we'll be homeless again. Mm -hmm. And you say, oh, God's not going to let us this. God's going to come through. And then Did we, he? We, well, <laughs> we, <laughs> <laughs> we walked up here, and we had $5 between us. Yeah. And right here, where we are yeah, right now, Shanghai, still there. but the, the Chinese food restaurant, mm -hmm. we, we got uh, uh, an order of chicken fried rice and yeah. split it. Yeah. And that was all we had. Mm -hmm. And eating that chicken fried rice, you absolutely fell apart. Yeah. It's, God, why are you doing this? Yeah, it's like, it's go, we're going to be homeless. I don't want to be homeless. It's winter. <laughs> but God came through. He sure did. But I had to be open and honest with him and just put out my heart. He needed, I needed to know where my heart was with him. I, I could trust him up to a certain point, but then that point was, we're going to be homeless tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and and I needed to know or, that I really wasn't trusting him as much as I had hoped I was, you know. And so he let me know. And then we walked home. And back in the day, we had that answering machine where I think you could get up to eight calls on there. Um, and one of them was... You know, I talked to the manager, and, and he has said he'll give you uh, another two weeks. That was like eternity right there. <laughs> God is good. God is good. God is good. I remember jumping on and just, thank you, Lord. We already had a plan the next day how we are going to tell our church mm -hmm. that we, we didn't have a place to meet anymore. Yeah. Well, this show did not go anywhere where I thought it was going to, but this was fun. So I hope, I hope you out there were encouraged. Um, God will test you, and then he will give you the grace to make it through. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Word to Stand On for Life, uh, the date day edition of the program. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And, Paula, you want to say? Go Spurs, go. That's right, go Spurs, go. See you tomorrow at 4. God bless. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.